most encouraging people in the entire world. I mean, I could have taken on any giant today and I'd be equipped for it because so many people came up and encouraged me. So thank you for that. Love you guys so much. Uh, well, Nicole already introduced us, but I'm Josh McFall. I'm one of the associate. I am the, one of the associate pastors with my wife here at Karis Kingdom Church, and uh, we also help lead the prayer team and the uh, the young adults ministry. And the reason that I'm up here today is because our beloved pastor and his wife and family are down enjoying some much needed beach time. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. That is so important for our pastor to have some time of rest. Amen. Awesome. So I'm so excited to, and honored and privileged to be able to share the Word of God with you today. Um, I just want to start just by saying, if you feel the urge to jump up and shout, go for it. All right? This is the kind of day you can get up and you can shout hallelujah and amen as much as you want, okay? Awesome. Um, well, since a lot of you are not familiar with my preaching and um, really my, my standpoint on a lot of things, uh, this message will come across, it can come across a certain way, but I want to share with you that I am definitely a grace preacher, all right? I'm not going to or contradict anything that Max teaches or anything that he shares today. Um, I love the grace and mercy of God. I know what it means for, for God's grace to be on us. I mean, I have an idea of what it means. I don't have a full revelation, but I know that it means that I don't have to, that we don't have to earn anything from God. Amen. We're not trying to get ourselves into a position where we earn his favor. You know, we are blessed and we are favored because we chose Jesus. Yeah. Amen. That's who we are. We are already blessed. Yeah. You, you are. You are already favored. That's who we are. Amen. So if anything that I share today does, does offend that in you, just know that's not my intention. All right. And please come back next week so Max doesn't think I destroyed anything. All right. <laughs> Well, very, very good. Uh, with that said, today I'm going to be talking about stewardship and responsibility. All right, I believe that that is the, um, one of the forgotten grace messages, and, uh, and it is very, very important. Um, I want to start uh, just by sharing about what ownership means, uh, or excuse me, that, that uh, stewardship and responsibility, that those things can be simplified into one term, and I believe that term is ownership. I really, I really think that this, this concept of taking ownership in the things that matter to us and the things that matter to God uh, is really the foundation on, uh, of uh, faithful stewardship and faithful responsibility. Amen. So if you've been around for CKC for long, um, you understand I have this, my intro written out, so I'm just going to read it from here because I think I wrote it really well. Um, <laughs> so you understand that uh, that we believe that each one of us is a powerful person, that we have the power to make choices that directly impact our life and environment, and that outside forces don't have any actual power to change the inner environment of our soul unless we, being powerful people, allow them to. All right, We are the ones that, that manage our soul, that manage our heart in partnership with God. And so recently I've taken ownership of an area of my life uh, that is my physical health. And I took ownership of the, the area of physical health in my life for a bunch of reasons, mainly because I'm 31 years old and I still had the appetite of a college student. All right. My idea of a workout was a really quick jog to the freezer for some ice cream. 
and right back to the couch for some Netflix therapy. Anyone with me? You know what that's like? Come on, that was my fitness. And uh, when it comes, to, it comes to that, all of my results were as to be expected. You know, I was waking up every day, and my body was feeling very bloated and inflamed. My knees had chronic pain in them. I also had developed some fatty tumors on my lower back that the doctor said would not go away unless I had them removed surgically. Um, and uh, the thing is, is I knew that I was not living that abundant life. All right, I knew that was not abundance for me. But the thing is, real quick before I get off on this tangent, understand I do believe in the healing of God. I believe that God wants us all to be healed right now. In this very instant, that is his desire for us. Okay? I understand that. Uh, but I also, I, and I understand that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. That it's something I don't have to earn. It's not something I have to step into. It's something that's already complete. Amen? He already healed us. He healed us on the cross. But I also understood something very important, and it was that I was dumping junk into my body. All right, I was eating junk all of the time. And so uh, I, was, I, was putting my, I was kind of putting myself in a corner there. So I'm going to simplify my problem for you. And I believe that problem was called, uh, it can be simplified into the principle of a seed. All right, the principle of a seed is if you plant a seed, it's going to grow up and it's going to produce seeds just like it, yeah. all right? And what I was doing was I was planting a bunch of junk in my life, yeah. a lot of junky foods, a lot of things that were not nutritious, okay? And so the things that were sprouting in my life were, were just, they were just agreeing with what, what they already were, okay? So I, I decided to take ownership and really listen to what the Holy Spirit was telling me about what to eat, and really the things that my body responded well to, like vegetables. You know, that was something it was hard for me to, to consistently eat vegetables. Well, it still is kind of hard for me to consistently eat vegetables. But I knew that it was good for my body, and, I, and I, could, I could tell by the time that I woke up in the morning, I didn't feel inflamed, I didn't feel bloated, I was feeling better. All right, and so I listened to God, and praise God, now I'm down 30 pounds. All right, and that's awesome, right? How cool is that? And I feel the best I have in 15 years. And I say 15 years because that's kind of a stretch. I don't remember a whole lot before that. So. But uh, let, let me just simplify, or let me just say that this is, this is not a health seminar. This is just me trying to share a simple example of what it looked like for me to take ownership. Because, again, I believed that God was capable of doing it. But when I prayed to him and I, and I asked him what to do, he told me, he said, if you take care of your body, and you eat good things, these things will go away. They will go away. And I had people pray for me after that, but in the back of my mind, I had that answer, that answer that I wasn't willing to take ownership of and responsibility for, all right? So there is that, that <clears throat> concept of ownership there. So today when I'm talking about ownership, I really want to help to explain it in a way where you can practically take this and apply it in your life in some area this week, okay? And, and, and know, just before I was going to get up here today, you know, I was a, a, little bit, a little bit nervous, and I was kind of going over everything that I was going to share, and God was saying to me, have you heard your own message? Because when it comes to taking godly ownership, it's very important for us to understand that we don't have to do it alone. 
all right? And God spoke to me before I walked out here. He said, you know that I'm your courage. You know that I'm your lion of the tribe of Judah, and I go before you. So taking ownership up here, but I'm not alone. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So I want to describe to you uh, and help understand the why behind ownership. All right, that's my first step today. Why? Why when it comes to ownership? And the very first thing that we need to understand about the why behind our ownership, I believe, okay, this is all things that I believe when it comes to ownership, is that we are already accepted in the beloved. Okay, I don't have, I'm not obligated to take, to take ownership over things in my life so that I can please God. God's pleased with us. He's not disappointed in us, amen? But there are things that he has given us the opportunity to take ownership over. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 it says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So when it comes to that why behind, owner, uh, behind ownership, we don't, we're not obligated to do anything. The truth of the matter is that God has already changed our nature, that we're being transformed into his image. And thank God that when Jesus came here on the earth, he said, I'm taking ownership of my people. And I'm taking them back. Amen? Amen. <laughs> um, also, I'm going to, in the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 115, verse 16, it says, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So the why behind ownership is because God's given it to us. He's given it to us. And it's important to take ownership because he's given it to us. Amen. And it's important to understand if we don't take ownership, then who will? Or who has? Who has? So why is it important, why is it important to take ownership? I believe it's important to take ownership because you can, I, I believe you cannot have influence in any area that you're not willing to take responsibility for. Even if the, the, the area of responsibility has been destroyed by somebody else, even if it's somebody else's mess, I don't think that we can have influence in that area unless we take that ownership, all right? Whether that's when it comes to our health, when it comes to our marriage or our children, maybe the calling that God's placed on our life, or even here at the church. So when we look at the word responsibility, I'm a pretty simple man. I like to break words down. And the way that I broke down responsibility was into two words, response and ability. Okay, I believe that, that that easily describes what responsibility is. It's how we respond with the ability that we're given or the ability that we've learned. But when it comes to taking godly responsibility, praise God, our ability is grace-given. Amen. Our, our ability is, is beyond anything that we really had to learn on our own because God has given it to us. But our response, our response is how we take that ability and we apply it for kingdom use. Amen? Amen. What happens when we don't take that responsibility or that ownership? What, what, what do things look like, when, whether it's our, our health or our marriage or our city, if we don't take that responsibility, we don't take that ownership? 
Well, when we start to point fingers and we start to blame others for the issues that we see in the world or here in the church or in our city or at our workplace, when we start to point fingers, what we've essentially done is we have relinquished our power to have any influence on that situation. Because when we start to point at other people and we start to say, well, it's their fault. I can't change anything because it's their fault. You know, I, I'm the way I am because I, you know, my parents raised me this way. It's not my fault. It's so important for us to understand that when we, t- we, we, when we take responsibility and ownership over things, that's when we step in with power. And we start to step into partnership with what God wants to do in those areas. Amen? Amen. I personally, okay, personally, let me throw that out there again. I personally believe that one of the most detrimental belief systems in Christianity is the area of God's sovereign control over our lives. The idea that he controls everything in us, around us, through us, and everything that happens to us. Because if that was the, if that was the, the fact of the gospel, then God had put, would essentially be putting us in a place where he's tied our hands and told us to go out and change the world. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, all right, to freedom. Only do not use that liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Amen. So what God's saying here is, no, I haven't tied your hands. I have called you to freedom. I have given you freedom. And with your freedom, I want you to take ownership over that freedom and love and serve one another well. Amen. So praise God for that freedom. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. This, is one of, this has got to be one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I love this scripture so much. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. The thing that I love about this scripture is this has responsibility written all over it. Okay, our response, our response is the power that works in us. And our ability, excuse me, <laughs> our ability is that power that works in us. And our response is to ask and to think. Amen. And it's so important to understand that that power that works in us is our faith, our hope, and our love. All right. That's how we, that's how we can see the exceeding abundant uh, promises of God in our life is to have great hope and to have great faith and to be full of great love. Amen? Awesome. So how can we take ownership? Here is the practical part of ownership. How can we take ownership? I want to start, I'm going to go through a list of several different areas of our life where we can take ownership. The first is our relationship with God. I think one of the the best questions that you can ask yourself to identify if you've taken ownership over the, your, your part of your relationship with God is do I have a unique, personal connection with God? That's a great question to ask yourself and to be able to answer it in such a way where you know, are you constantly hearing the voice of God in situations in your life? What does it look like when he speaks to you? Do you, do you know his voice? 
That's one of the biggest ways that we can take ownership over that relationship with God is understanding God's voice and knowing his word. Amen. The more that we know his word and we take ownership over that, the more that we really start to see what it is, the, the areas that God's leading us into. Amen. Awesome. And I, one of the greatest revelations that I got actually came from Andrew Womack when, when I was in CBC learning under his revelation. And he said to me, if you get anything out of Karis Bible College, if you get anything out of this time, understand this one thing. My revelation of God is not going to change anything in your life. It's got to be unique. It's got to be your revelation. He said, if you leave here knowing anything, know that you must gain your own revelation of who he is as father, who he is as friend. Amen. Awesome. So that's how we can take ownership in our relationship with God because he's reaching out to us. He's already done his part. All right. So when it comes to marriage, how can you take ownership over, over or in your marriage? This is a really, really difficult statement. Okay, because I know sometimes, <laughs> I know sometimes this is how I feel, but it's not, this is the truth about marriage. If you're ever unhappy, if you ever feel hurt, if you ever feel like you're, there's, there's things in your marriage that aren't right, it's so important to understand that it is not your spouse's fault. It is not your spouse's fault. All right? It is not your spouse's fault. It's, an, it's important to take ownership over that relationship and to ask God, how can I be a better husband or a better wife? This is something that I did. I was praying over my marriage uh, about a month ago or so, um, multiple months ago. And when I was praying, I, I, I was praying and just blessing my marriage. Bless it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bless my marriage. Bless my marriage. I was really fervent about it. I said, God, would you bless my marriage? And he said to me, he said, no. He said, you bless your marriage. You know your wife. You bless your marriage. And in that moment, God gave me an opportunity to step into partnership with him and to bless my marriage. Because you know one thing about my wife? One thing that I know will absolutely bless her is if every single day she comes home to a house that is clean. <laughs> That will bless her. Amen. So what I did was I got up off of that Netflix therapy couch and I cleaned everything in that house. And it was awesome because Nicole called me and she said, hey, I'm coming home. Just a reminder, we have a small group or something going on and we have to get the house clean. I'm like, all right, we'll clean it. And I'm there cleaning, you know, on the other side of the phone because I wanted to surprise her. And she walked in the door, and you know what blessed my marriage that day was me taking ownership. Amen. 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 And knowing, first of all, knowing my spouse's love language. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you want to start taking ownership in your marriage today, know your spouse's love language. That's a great first step. Amen? Awesome. When it comes to finances, Nicole shared how we took ownership of our finances. We worked two, we worked two jobs each. One of them was with my brother, who actually came out from Colorado with his family today. How cool is that? Talk about being blessed. That filled my love tank. That's my love language. Quality time and touch. I got to see my brother and, my, and, and his family, and I got to give them hugs. All right, I am full. 
But we took ownership over our finances. We got two jobs, and God did the rest. That's what it looks like to walk in partnership, in ownership with God. When it comes to work, how can you take ownership over your workplace? You know, it's so important to walk in excellence. The the goal is not perfection. It's excellence. That means that when you walk into your workplace, you walk in there and you think, everything that I do today, I'm going to do it unto God. It doesn't matter if I have a boss that badgers me or I have coworkers that don't like me. I am going to do my work unto God. That's how I'm going to take ownership today. And I am going to, I am going to exude a culture of honor. And that means that when you walk over to the water cooler in the office and people are gossiping, you are the first person to bless the individual who's being gossiped about. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to make you the person they gossip about. But I would rather be the person that exudes honor and gets gossiped about than the one that's speaking trash and nonsense over other people's lives. Amen. That's taking ownership in our workplace. And it's important to understand when it comes to taking ownership in your workplace, if you are unhappy, you don't have to work there. You can take your ownership elsewhere, all right? Go own somewhere else. Awesome, I didn't plan that walk. That was, that was special. That was free. How can you take ownership over your church? How can you take ownership here? What does it look like for us to be a church that's bought in to our mission? Well, Nicole shared some areas. If you're looking to get connected, you can take ownership in that connection by going to the link or coming to the picnic. We have pizza Sundays. How fun is pizza Sunday? Come on, Max loves buying us pizza. That is good. But what does pizza Sunday look like? Does it look like sitting around and getting full of pizza and walking out? Or do you walk out and your heart's full of love and relationship? The word says that if you want to have many friends, that you, must, you, 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 can, you should be friendly. Friendly. Say hi to somebody. I know it's uncomfortable. Take someone else out to lunch. That's uncomfortable. But it's good because connection starts in some of the, those uncomfortable places. You know how uncomfortable I was when I first talked to Nicole? I was like, that girl's way too pretty to talk to me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Also, you know, I think about That's all right. I got a loud voice. I'm not worried. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, do you know why I'm up here preaching today? Simple. I'm the second best talker in this church. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not because I'm, I'm the one that's the most equipped, but it's because Max asked us if we wanted to come out here to Kansas, which was difficult to leave our family behind and come out here and do something for God's kingdom. But you know what we did was we stepped up and we said, yeah, we'll go. I want to take ownership over that. So the reason that I'm the one that fills in for Max this week is because this is, this is my church. I've taken ownership here. And you, you're my people. Amen. All right, this is our building. It may not own, we not own it, but this is our building. 
Amen. What about in our city? How can we take a step towards taking ownership of our city? You know, one of the most simple things, I actually learned this working for my brother. I used to have to walk around and pick up trash at a bunch of buildings. Walked around with a bucket, and you seen the, have you seen those pickers with the claw on the end? I'd walk around and I'd pick up trash for a living. That was my second job. And, you know, that developed something in me. That developed, uh, you, you don't understand how many people throw cigarette butts on the ground until you've got to pick them up for a living. What does it look like to take ownership of your city and to be proud? Do you walk by that trash and you say, oh, it's someone else's problem. Look, the guy with the picker in the bucket. Or do you look at it and you say, this is my city. I'm going to pick that trash up and I'm going to put it in the dumpster that's 15 feet away because it's not that big of a deal. And this is my city and I'm proud of it. Do we love others well in our city? The people at the checkout counter that we run into. How about the homeless people that we see? How about our coworkers or our customers? Do they see Jesus in us? That's how we take ownership in our city, is we love people well. Amen? Amen. Awesome. All right. So those are some practical areas and some ways that we can take ownership over our city and in our city. But now I want to talk about what fear-based versus faith-based ownership looks like. All right, and I'm going to do that by sharing about, uh, about some of the faithful and unfaithful stewards. That's in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. Let me just flip there really quick. Matthew 25, and we're going to start in verse 14 if you're reading along. And it says here, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And the one he gave, and to one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. Amen. Remember that, according to his own ability. And immediately he went out on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and he traded with them, and he made five more talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord returned to those servants and settled his accounts with them. Let me see where I'm leading to. Um, so, uh, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more um, beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over few, and now I will make you ruler over many things. Amen. Enjoy, enter into the joy of your Lord. I'm going to skip past the, uh, the, the steward who had two talents and go to the one who had one in verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there is what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have at least deposited my money in the bank, so at my coming I would at least get my interest. Amen. This is, this is a very interesting and telling story. It's so important for us to look at this and to understand that first part, that he gives to each according to his own ability. 
All right, that, the master looks and he sees the ability that you've been given. All right, if there's something that's in your heart and it scares you, that's okay because God sees the ability. He gives the ability. Again, he's just looking for your response. What's your response to that ability? Amen? Awesome. So what was the unfaithful servant's response? I clarified it a little bit here. This is what I hear when I hear him speaking. He says, my Lord is a hard man and I am afraid. I would rather bury my responsibility and be assured that I don't mess anything up than take the risk of stepping out in faith with the possibility of gain. You got it, here it comes. I was hoping you'd say that. My Lord is a hard man, and I'm afraid. I would rather bury my responsibility and be assured that I don't mess anything up than take the risk and step out in faith with the possibility of gain. Man, that's so important. Faith-based stewardship is rooted in our trust in God. If we're, if we're afraid, you know, faithful stewardship and ownership, it doesn't mean perfect. It does not require perfection. God rewards those who are faithful because faithful ownership is the foundation that God can trust for tall, fortified structures, or in this case, fortified destinies and revelation. Each steward who, at, who had increased even a little bit was trusted with more. Not whoever did it perfectly. Amen? Awesome. How am I doing on time? Okay. Awesome. All right. This is, uh, this is thank you, Jesus. All right. We're going to flip over to the book of Isaiah really quick. We're gonna, I'm going to share on Isaiah's calling. Okay, this is, what it, this is what it looks like to take, to take ownership. I love Isaiah, and I love, I love his calling here. It's such a beautiful scene. So in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from, with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. You know, being in, the, in beauty and being, being in a place where people exude, exude their calling, it can make us feel imperfect. And it can make us feel like we might just mess things up. 
when you're in the face of greatness. For instance, I, get, I, I preached with Max Cornell, who I think is one of the greatest pastors I've ever encountered in my life. And if I start to compare myself, I can become intimidated. But if I look at the calling that God's calling me into, and I say yes to that, then I can really catch my stride. In our situation, Jesus says to us, Behold, my body was broken, and my blood was poured out. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. That's who we are, and that's our position. So, Think about this for a second. Let's be a people like Isaiah, that it doesn't matter what room we're standing in or what, or what room we walk into, but if God has placed a calling on the inside of us, it doesn't matter if God calls out to the room and he says, who's going to take ownership over this thing? And you look around and you see visions of angels that are ready to take that calling. You are the first one that says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take ownership. Because God's calling matters to me, and I want to see the kingdom of God here on earth. That's my calling. Amen? Whew, I didn't plan for the voice crack either. That's, that's free. That's free. Awesome, awesome. So a quick synopsis of what ownership is. What is ownership all about? It's saying yes to opportunities that God brings our way. It's committing to take steps towards a desired goal. It's taking responsibility for the achievement, listen to this part, or the failure of that desired goal. It's being willing to say, that was my goal, and I fell short. That's my fault. But it's not going to happen again. Amen. And it's refusing to make excuses or deflect blame. That's what it looks like to take ownership. And I believe that's who we are as a church I believe that it's going to affect the things that happen in this church and the things that happen in our city. And we are going to have the healthiest, happiest families and marriages that this, this city has ever seen. Amen. Amen. We're going to have stewardship over this little city, and God's going to give us stewardship over nations. That's who we are. Amen. Awesome. So I just want to pray over you today. Lord, I just thank you so much for each person that's here today, Father God. And I thank you that they are encouraging people and that they, they loved me all the way up onto this stage. Thank you for that, God. Well, right now, I just speak over them, Father God. Right now, I, just, I speak against any possible condemnation that the enemy would try and bring in from a message like this. You're not falling short. You have an opportunity to rise up. And I thank you so much, Father God, that as we take ownership we gain influence in our workplace, in our church, in our city, and in our nation. That's who we are, and that's our calling. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I, thank you. Amen. 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 So I'm going to present you with a very small way to take ownership in the church, okay? A very small opportunity today. And I'm not twisting anyone's arm, understand that. But the opportunity, opportunity today, I was thinking, what would be one of the greatest ways that I could bless Max when he's on vacation? And I thought, if we could get, if we could have people that buy into this mission today, people that say, I'm willing to take ownership in our church, 
So what, what the opportunity is today is that if there's any gifting that you have or anything that you may not know, you may not know what God's will is for your life, but maybe you feel called to ministry. You have an opportunity today to, to fill out um, the volunteer form out in the lobby. And when you fill that out, we'll contact you and we'll talk to you about some possible areas where you can serve or what that looks like for you. But I believe that we're going to get five new volunteers for Kids Church, five new volunteers for the nursery, and five new volunteers for, head up, for set up and tear down. Yeah. Amen. That's what I'm believing for. You guys are blessed. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, and if anybody needs prayer today with the prayer team, please come up to the front. You can get prayer with one of our prayer ministers. And that's it. Awesome. Thank you so much. He breaks the bow and bends the spear and tells the wars to cease. Almighty one of Israel, you are on our side. We walk by faith in God who burns the chair.